Hi, welcome to Bolt for Life. I am Garrett Bolt, actor, personal trainer, former powerlifter, pro wrestler, and chronic pain thriver. Bolt for Life is a podcast about living with the challenges of chronic pain. Our goal is to acknowledge, inspire, and relate to people living with chronic pain. I believe it is not only possible to survive, but to live a full life and thrive with chronic pain. No matter where you are in your journey, our mission is to give you the information and inspiration that will help you become Bolt for Life. Well, today on the Bolt for Life podcast, I have my wife Beth back and she is a nurse practitioner and she's very passionate about nutrition and functional medicine. And besides being the love of my life, she has absolutely positively helped me with my chronic pain so much, I can't even begin to tell you. So today on the Bolt for Life podcast, we have my wife Beth. Hello there. <laughs> nice to have you back It's again. great to be here. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Oh, well, it's, a, it's so true. Thank you. Um, the, the big thing, and we've mentioned it before in other episodes that you've been on, but the fact that you, Jake, and I are all gluten-free. So we really wanted to talk about that today and talk about uh, why and how and, and that all that kind of stuff about it. So I guess the, from my, some, if you haven't heard the other episode with Beth that was originally on, we talk about being gluten-free and a little bit how we did that. We wanted to expand on that. So some of you guys know my story. I have chronic pain. I've had seven back surgeries, three spinal fusions. I have uh, arachnoiditis, which is um, scarring of the, the nerves inside my spine due to really horrible surgery. So I have a lot of nerve damage in the legs, and I also develop a nerve disorder called RSD or CRPS. Can you tell us a little bit about RSD and CRPS from a medical point of view, Beth? Well, um, I think a lot of it is still unknown as far as I know, but it's reflex uh, sympathetic dystrophy. And it's like, it's a chronic, it's a pain syndrome basically, where the nerves just sort of go, for lack of a better word, they kind of go haywire and get over, sort of overreactive and they just cause a lot of unremitting pain. Yeah. And, and generally it's in a limb. It's also known as CRPS, which is um, the complex regional pain syndrome. And yeah, so generally it hits a limb in response to some kind of injury or insult like surgery or accident, something like that. Um, and some people get it a lot worse than others. And it seems to be more common in women yeah. than in men. And the cases that we've seen, like when we did that walk at Central Park that time, a lot more women had it and it, it seemed really severe. And the stories Absolutely. and the people we've talked to, it's a, it's a really bad pain syndrome and it, um, it's sort of remitting and relapsing in, in a lot of people. So it comes and goes and it can move to different parts of the body and can get triggered by other things such as uh, other injuries and mm -hmm. surgeries. Yeah, and I mean, just you know, to give you guys an idea, it's also nicknamed the suicide disease because a lot of people just can't take the pain and they do end their own life. So it's a, it's a very serious thing, just like all pain, all chronic pain is very serious. And for me, uh, I was desperate. I, I had all the back issues. I had already had a spinal cord stimulator, pain management, everything. And you, working for a functional medicine practice, uh, brought up the idea and were researching and experimenting with the, experimenting with the idea of going gluten-free. So what's the, what is gluten, first of all? 
it's the protein found in wheat. It's the protein molecule That's in wheat. wheat. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes from the wheat plant or the wheat grain, I should say. Gluten is in Latin, it's glue. And in modern processing, food processing, it's like super overused, right? Because they use it to add weight and they use it to keep products sticking together and not Yeah, crumbling. so that's what it's used for in most item, food items like um, baked goods and breads and pasta. It makes them heavier and more dense and more, I guess also more palatable because they're just nice and um, like doughy and soft and it holds them together. And so it's used for a lot of that purpose. And yes, it is overused. We do over consume it as well, but it's also been genetically modified over the years. So the wheat is not the same today as it was hundreds of years ago. And that is part of the problem why we're seeing so many more issues with gluten. In addition to the fact that now uh, with the GMO comes the glyphosate that's added in as the insecticide, which causes a lot more problems specifically in the gut lining which leads to a host of other problems. Certain people have celiac disease, which is like a pretty extreme allergy to gluten, right? Right, or damage to the gut lining. Damage yes. to the gut lining. Now, in my case, what I found was, and we actually did a test for this, was we found that I have a sensitivity to gluten. And though that may not be as extreme over the years and through doing an elimination diet that you suggested, I discovered that the gluten, by coming off the gluten, it helped my pain issues. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what would you, I guess that would be the first place to start is for somebody to do like the elimination diet like you had me do. Yeah, that's something I commonly um, suggest to the patient, some, some of my patients when they're open to it is if they're having symptoms of things that like, you know, chronic pain issues, especially arthritis, so things of that nature, um, is to just try to do an elimination diet. So try for two weeks, at least two weeks, to completely come off gluten. That can be, first of all, as you know, very daunting at first because it seems like everything most the average person eats today has gluten in it. But an elimination diet where you just come off gluten completely, you're careful, you know that you know gluten is hidden in different sauces and, and seasonings and things like that. And if you can take it out for two weeks or, or two to three weeks, and then, you know, and, and what I also suggest is keeping a journal mm -hmm. to write down symptoms when you start the elimination diet, how you feel, what your symptoms are, and then how you feel after those two weeks. And then you put that food back in. And so you reintroduce that one item. So the gluten, that is an elimination diet. And when you put it back in for a couple of days to be very aware of the symptoms that might come back. And then of course, to, you know, to jot that down. And that is a true elimination diet. It's one of the best ways to see if someone is allergic to a particular food item. So when we're talking about gluten, that would be the one. It's, it tends to be a little difficult for a lot of people only because gluten is hidden in so many different foods. And so we have to be really careful with that. But if you can do that and do it well for two weeks, um, usually you can really identify the problems that it is, you know, the, the symptoms that it's causing. So first, uh, educate yourself what has gluten in it, what doesn't. And the thing that helped me the most when we started this was like the idea of a paleo diet, which for people that don't know, a paleo diet is eating things like a caveman would eat, meaning like, you know, meat in its purest form, rawest form, just regular meat, uh, root vegetables, fruits, things like that, nuts, things that have not been processed will not have not have gluten in it because really like gluten is really only naturally occurring in wheat. So if you cut out all the wheat and you cut out anything that's made from a wheat product, which gets tricky because modern processing uses yeah. that in a lot of different products. Yeah. So the, the more that we can keep our foods minimally processed or not processed at all, 
the better off we're going to be. Mm. Thus, the like the paleo diet for one example, because the the more we use processed foods that have multiple ingredients, the greater the chance that that gluten ingredient is somehow stuck in there right. and sometimes hidden. And I, I mean, I've been, you know, it's been challenging for us in the past as well to see, you know, like oh, I did not know gluten was in here because sometimes it's under some other names that I'm. Mm. I'm not, I don't know all of the names that it's under at the moment, but there are other names that it's hidden in. And if you stick with basic, good, solid food uh, in its purest form. Yeah. Single ingredients. Yeah. So the, like you, you've said in the past, the less man has touched it, the better. The more pure, the more, the less ingredients on the label, the better, because mm -hmm. it's less, it's you know not as processed. And that's always a good rule of thumb anyway, because we want to keep our food the, uh, real, eat real food. And so the less it's processed, the better it is for us. Right. So we educate ourselves about it. We figure out what has gluten in it, what doesn't. Obviously, there's some products that say gluten-free that we know are safe. We'll get into that later, though, the trouble with that. And so then we do the elimination diet. We find out that we have a sensitivity, like in my case. Now, why is it, What what is it about the gluten that is so bad for somebody like me with RSD and with chronic pain? Well, for one thing, it, it causes inflammation. One of the problems, because the body doesn't recognize it, and because of all of the genetic modifying and with the, and the glyphosate, the, our body's immune system does not recognize it anymore. So it senses it as, or sees it as foreign invader. In the digestive system. Mm -hmm. And so that causes a problem with the immune system. The other side of that also is that the fact that it does cause um, problems in the gut lining called, um, well, there's tight junctions in the gut lining. So there's like, that's a that's like our way of our body protecting our um, ourselves from food until it's ready to be absorbed. So basically when the food comes down through the intestines, it's shielded from the bloodstream. That's how it's supposed to be. But gluten, by causing inflammation and causing issues in the gut lining, causes that barrier to break down. So when the food passes through, now our body recognizes it sooner than it's supposed to and so sees it as foreign. And so basically what happens is the immune system starts sending out these like red flags of alerts. What that alert does is it upregulates the immune system, which means that our immune system now is going on overdrive and starts causing more inflammation and potentially autoimmune disease. And so for someone who's got any kind of chronic condition, especially something like RSD, the inflammation that's being caused by the gluten in the gut and the damage to the gut lining causing the immune system to be you know activated or excited is going to cause more problems so basically the immune system is attacking our own bodies basically yeah and so obviously that is a problem and we don't know if like with rsd for 100 percent sure that it's autoimmune but there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence that it, that it may be. And we know things like arthritis are autoimmune and we know any inflammation in the body can make uh, nerve conditions worse, like in my case with the back stuff. So not something we want. And it, even having that information helped me. And what was the name of the book that we read early on that, that really helped so me? So that was Grain Brain, right? By David Perlmutter? Yes. Yeah. And that was awesome because, and I highly recommend that book, Grain Brain by Dr. Perlmutter, and we read it together kind of out loud. Um, and that, that was like the icing on the gluten-free cake for me that made me decide to, to go gluten-free. And it was a little bit of a process because basically I kind of did it in stages. So there were certain things and we actually tried um, adding some gluten-free things to that. Obviously things I was already eating that were gluten-free were, were meat, were root vegetables that didn't have 
seasonings or things that may contain gluten. So some basic good foods I was eating were good already. Then like, for example, you, you uh, suggested I add rice cakes, which the rice cakes turned out to be a good substitute for bread. And then I got off of the bread, you know, right. so, and I know we want to watch grains in general. We don't want to do too much to that, but one thing at a time and eliminating the gluten and doing that elimination diet led me, gave me the evidence, the book, totally put me over the top. And then it was the process of just continuing that gluten-free uh, diet. So how do you suggest people go about doing that too? So let's say you do it, you get it done. Now, how do you keep it going? I think one of the keys is first of all, to have an open mind, to know that there are a lot of other foods out there. And so I think what I've seen a lot with patients and pe people in general is that we get into a rut of eating certain types of foods and that becomes just kind of our pool of foods that we choose from. But when we start to op have more of an open mind and, and do some more research, we realize there's a lot more foods out there that we can use and really have a lot more to choose from. And so that's the one thing I suggest because I have patients who tell me all the time when, when the discussion of gluten-free comes up and they say, well, what else is there to eat? Like as if there's nothing else, like you know? Yeah, <laughs> which I totally understand. But really when you start to you know look out there and just have an open mind and realize that there are a lot of amazing recipes out there, especially now that are gluten-free. Um, and there's just a, there's so many other foods out there and lots of vegetables, which, you know, maybe a lot of some people aren't used to eating a ton of vegetables. But first of all, it's super important to get all as many vegetables as we can in because that does help the gut as well and the immune system. But there's ways of being creative with them so that we're putting more foods in and the more we can put those foods in and, and kind of fill our plate up with lots of colorful foods and vegetables with lots of fiber then we can slowly start to take out those other foods that we know aren't the best for us and then in by doing it that way we don't you know it's you don't always feel the removal of those other things as much the other thing is that once you start to put extra vegetables and fruits and vegetables and foods like that, which carry the most mineral, high mineral content in, the more we replace those minerals that our body is lacking, the more satisfied we're gonna feel overall because we're now giving our body the actual food and nutrients that it needs. And so that puts us in a better place to be able to give up the other things because it helps our bodies to get into more of a balanced state. Yeah, and I give you so much credit with your creativity. I have eaten things in the last eight years that I never even knew existed. I mean, just last week we had, this is the time during the pandemic and we're looking at um, darker foods and things like that that we could eat that help against viruses. And we had black rice. I didn't even know black rice existed and you found that. So I totally give you credit for that. Uh, and so that's what it was for me. I mean, it was being creative. It was being open-minded. And for us, we decided that our son, Jake, when he started on solid foods, we wanted him to be organic and we wanted him to be gluten-free. So to me, that was just more motivation. Now the three of us are all eating the same way. And that was a lot of motivation. And here's the kicker. Once I was off gluten for a month, I lost 10 pounds body weight. I, I mean, just weight that I did not need. And my my pain was better, you know, which was huge because at that point I had already had the spinal cord stimulator, pain management. I mean, I'd done everything that I could do at that point and to have that make that big of a difference was huge. And that's why I've continued it now for, you know, over eight years. Yeah. The thing is, even if you're not super sensitive to it, there is some evidence that just bringing down that inflammation or if you are potentially a little bit, you have a little bit of leaky gut or something like that, it's definitely worth giving it a try, or at least giving the elimination a diet a try. Yeah, I, I, I think I totally obviously feel that it's important to even try, even when you feel great, because 
you know, one of the things is that when we don't feel so, so well, we, our bodies are so incredible that we can adapt to almost anything. Mm -hmm. And so it's until we make a change and we take something out of our diets and we realize, wow, I even, I feel better. I didn't realize that I had this, whatever it is, like a, you know, this chronic condition. And so that's one of the great things about doing an elimination diet or just making cha positive changes or trying something new because, you know, you, we, you know, like we just adapt to stuff, you know, mm -hmm. so. And we don't even realize that we could be better. Yeah. And that was the case for me. I really, you know, the elimination diet, I noticed the difference. I'm like, okay, we did the blood work. So I knew I officially had the sensitivity, but it was really after about a month is where I started noticing a big difference where the brain fog was lifting and the pain was better. And, and that was huge. And then now even, you know, after years, if we go on vacation is the hardest time or traveling is the hardest time getting food, or yes. we may get a little bit of gluten here or there and not even knowing it, but we know it because we, we were inflamed. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. I feel it in my foot. I, I've seen it with you where you get stuffy and sometimes yeah. even a little puffy. Mm -hmm. And constipated yeah. to get and, too personal. And but nobody yes. wants that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it really is. It's amazing, you know. So I, I mean, it's, it's a strange different thing. And I think there's a lot of kind of stigma around gluten-free people, you know, that we're all these, you know. Crunchy, uh, health yeah, nuts. crunchy kind of crazy. I heard this joke that you could rob a bank in uh beverly hills with a bagel because everybody's gluten-free they'd be so scared to death of the bagel that you could totally like rob a bank with a bagel so but i mean and it's you know it's and the reason is more though, lethal think, than a gun i think that we yeah that we that we have that stigma is because people that are gluten-free and get benefit from it you want to keep that i mean like you know uh, yeah. fortunately for us it is not life or death but it is serious, and the, the relief that I get is worth the amount of effort yeah, and like time and energy. You want to shout it from the rooftop. But seriously, I want to suggest to people, especially if you have a chronic pain issue, um, you know, try the elimination diet and give it a shot and see you know, if it makes a difference for you. And you could also go you know, look into either ask your provider, whether it's your doctor, nurse practitioner, PA, if they you know, know anything about that and if they um, test for it. If they're not very familiar with it, I so suggest seeking out a functional medicine provider because they, and the reason I like them is because, like us, because their toolkit is bigger. And so, you know, conventional medicine is great for what it does, but their toolkit is small and they don't have as much to offer. And so functional medicine providers usually have more to offer as far as testing and treatments modalities. And so one of the things they can do is a, you know, a functional medicine allergy test, blood test usually, mm -hmm. where they can look at inflammatory markers, they can look at allergens, you know, high um, response to allergens. And, and a simple thing that you can do with a blood test is to look at the inflammatory markers too. And that's just a simple blood test. There's a couple of them that um, some providers will do, you know, are not familiar with, but sometimes you have to ask for them. And so there's a, like a CRP, which is an um, inflammatory marker test. And then there's an um, ESR also. Um, and those are good ones to look into. And what will that show us? What will that show my provider and I about So it's, it's not the be all end all, but it will, um, if they, will they, they show your provider that your body systemically has some level of inflammation going on. Now there are you know, things that can trigger that as a, you know, like if you have an active infection going on or something like that, it can be elevated. And so it's always good to have someone who knows what they're doing, knows what to look for. And if it is elevated, knows when to repeat it as well. You know, and yeah. a good functional medicine person will know how to guide you through that.
Nice. So especially with somebody with chronic pain issues where we have a lot of inflammation and where our bodies, our systems are just on fire all the time, any way that we can bring that inflammation down, the better. Yeah. I mean, inflammation is, you know, it, even if it's not the ultimate cause of the situation of the RSD, it's definitely, if you can lower that, those inflammatory markers and bring that overall inflammation down, especially through lifestyle changes and diet and nutrition and decreased stress, then it's gonna at least be one less thing that is weighing on you, one less thing that's adding to that chronic pain, hopefully decrease some of the pain that you're having or whatever the issue is that person is dealing with. You know, if you can decrease those symptoms, then the other, you know, then it won't be such a total burden on the body. Right, right. And any any little bit helps. You know, that's a big part of what the Boat for Life podcast is about, is just helping people. You know, obviously my back conditions are what they are, my RSD is what it is, but the more things that I can do to give my body a better chance and my mind a better chance to deal with it and my relationships in my life, the better chance that I have to live with these chronic conditions. I do think that everyone can benefit from giving this a try. I totally you know, agree. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I wouldn't force it on anybody. You have to be open to it and ready because mm -hmm. it, you know, it does take some work. But I feel as though if you, you know, if you try it and you try it and you do it well and you really reap no benefits, you can always go back to eating the way you were. That's right. But I feel like it's worth a try. And um, the other thing is that, the other thing about doing a gluten-free diet, a couple things. One is when you do it, you have to make sure you do it 100% because mm -hmm. even if you still have a little bit of gluten that's left, or a lot of people will do it gluten-free just sometimes, and that's probably okay. You know, it's good. Better. But yeah, if you're trying to really decrease inflammation, you've got to get it all out because mm -hmm. it's the type of allergen where even if you just have a tiny bit, it's going to trigger that immune response. And so you've really got to try to get it out if you want to do it well and really see the, reap the benefits and see the 100% benefits of what it can do for you. And the other thing that I always say is there's a couple, there's two different ways to go gluten-free. And this is something I see over and over again. And I first heard it mentioned by Dr. Mark Hyman, who is a very well-known um, functional medicine provider and runs the Cleveland Clinic Integrative Medicine Department and is an author and whatnot, national speaker. He talked about this and, and I see it in my patients all the time. There's two different ways to go gluten-free. So you can eat foods that never had gluten to begin with or do a gluten-free diet. Mm -hmm. So if you eat the foods that never had gluten to begin with, that's a much healthier way to do it. Like the meats and the vegetables yep. and things that never had gluten right. in to begin with. They're not processed foods. They never had gluten to begin with. They tend to be whole foods, which overall is better for us anyway. Um, as opposed to doing the gluten-free diet where you replace the foods that you were eating with gluten-free items such as the gluten-free bread, the gluten-free pancakes, cookies, things like that. Um, and so what happens with that is that, yes, the gluten isn't in there anymore, but you're replacing it now with things that have the potential to cause other problems mm -hmm. like other grains, which if we do too many of them, they can for some people cause more inflammation and other problems. The other thing is that there's... They're going to be highly processed mm -hmm. so we know that the more processed the food the more unhealthy it is for us mm -hmm. and it tends to have a lot more sugar in it yes, as well which we found with gluten-free stuff yes yeah. a lot more sugar which then you know does not help with inflammation as we know because sugar contributes to that it doesn't help for the person who's trying to prevent diabetes or lose weight or reverse their diabetes because they're adding more sugar in their diet you know and so usually they end up gaining weight and having yeah. more problems and so they'll come back to me and say well i tried gluten-free that gluten-free thing and it doesn't work i felt worse <laughs> i gained weight my sugars went up and i'm like how did you do it yeah. 
And then they really explain because to sit down and understand, well, how did that person actually do it? And they tell you how you did it, you know, how they did it. And it and you kind of pick it apart and realize that that's not the best way to do it, right. which is unfortunate that that, you know, because then the person is really turned off to gluten free yeah. and they say, ah, it doesn't work. It's just a fad, you know, and you yeah. kind of lose that chance. And, and I do want to say for me, it was a process to go gluten free. But once I was completely gluten-free that first month, man, things really started to get better. And, you know, having been gluten-free for years now, we occasionally have gluten-free bread or we may occasionally have a gluten-free product, um, but, we, but we do it sparingly, you know, and, and there's, we found plenty of other really good healthy options and, and whole food is awesome. You know, some of the dishes you make are unbelievable. I don't feel like I'm missing out in any way, shape or form. And, for certain, our family is is better for it. And I want to say it was a great motivation to stay gluten-free with Jake. And he had Lyme disease, very young, and had a bit of a speech delay. So we felt like it would give his immune system the absolute best chance to be and continue to stay gluten-free, which he also has a sensitivity to it. And man, that was just all the more motivating for me to stay with it, you know, and to see you do it when you don't technically have a sensitivity that has been tested, but you see the results and you feel better because you're gluten free. Yeah, and I, I just want to give my and thank you. I want to give my immune system, you know, the best possible chance. You yeah, know? live a long, yeah. healthy life. And um, you know, we're happy you you guys can reach out to us at Bolt for Life B U L T F O R L I F E. If you want to get into contact with Beth Moore, reach out to us through there through any of the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Bolt yeah. for Life. And we'd be happy to help you. We um, Any questions? We sell no gluten-free products. <laughs> we are just doing this because we found that it has made a huge difference in our life. And we hope that it makes a huge difference in yours. Yes. So, Beth, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being on the Boat for Life podcast. And more importantly, thanks for being part of my life and Jake's uh, life. <laughs> We're lucky we have our own personal provider. <laughs> thank you for that. I'm just so grateful that I can help in some in some way anyway and continue to help and continue to learn more and see what we can do to help each other and therefore help other people out there who might turn to us with questions because that's what it's about yeah. you know our daily struggles our life struggles are for a purpose and that's to help others we have not invented any of this stuff we learned it from other people dr perlmutter dr mark hyman um dr robin used to work with there's a lot of great information out there um but yeah man empower yourselves and educate yourselves and make the best decision for you thank you so much guys and you know you can check out the podcast anywhere you listen to the podcast uh, you can find us on social media bolt for life facebook instagram Find us there. We have a webpage, www.bultforlife.com. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you.